Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. And today we are recapping the Giants' loss to the Eagles, 48-22. to As always, let's start with the offense and let's start with Daniel Jones, who went 18 for 27 for 169 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He was sacked four times for 17-yard loss. Now, I don't have a lot to say about Jones yesterday. I think that he made good decisions. Um... He was pretty accurate, except for a couple throws, one to Slayton, one to someone else who I forget now. But, um, uh, you know, a couple mistakes from him when it came to getting rid of the ball, not as accurate as he has been. And I think, you know, a lot of that comes from, I, I think he still can't shake the fact that he's been sacked well over 100 times, that he just, he still gets a little like freaked out, I guess, is the best way to put it. I think he's been better about being calm under pressure. You know, when it comes to the five game winning drives, he's been able to do stuff like that. But I I just think when there's too much pressure coming at him, he still gets a little flustered and, and you know, makes decisions too quickly without being as accurate as he has been. And I think, you know, the poor guy has been sacked over 100 times. He needs, uh, obviously, to work on that. But also what would help that is not been having a horrific O-line for four years of his career. But, you know, there's not really much we can do about that right now. We should be getting Ben Bredesen back this week, which I think is going to help. But overall, our interior O-line desperately needs help. And it's just not something that we're going to be able to make big changes to until next year. So in the meantime, what I want to see from Jones is I want to see him, you know, have that cool, calm, collected personality that he has so many other times in the game. I want to see him have that when the line is falling apart, which obviously is easier said than done, especially coming from someone like me. But, you know, obviously there's room for him to improve. And to me, that's the biggest thing that I want to see from him. I think he's been making really good decisions. And a lot of the time he's been really accurate and he didn't turn the ball over yesterday. So I, you know, am happy to see that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's always more that we can improve on, especially when you get a beat down and lose by 26 points. So, you know, always work to be done. Um, I'm going to touch on Tyrod briefly. He came in the game, went five for five for 47 yards, one touchdown, one fumble. He was also sacked three times for 18 yards. So yesterday, our quarterbacks were sacked seven times in one game. So, uh, so the line, you know, needs some help still. And listen, 
I'm not worried about Evan Neal. He's coming back from an injury. He's still, he's a rookie. You know, he's not going to be Andrew Thomas just yet. And even Andrew Thomas had, he had a good game yesterday, but both of them needed to have an excellent game in order to try and make up for some of the interior O-line. And, you know, it just didn't happen. But I think when you look at this team versus the Eagles and where they're at right now, we all saw this coming. Anything can happen in the NFL, and there's no doubt that we could have had a shot at beating the Eagles, but not when you come out in the first half looking like what the Giants did. They gave up 24 points in the first half. So, you know, some work needs to be done there. (laughs) Um, So look, overall, the quarterbacks, they did the best they can. I know everyone is so upset that people keep giving Jones a pass for not having the receivers, but it just, I mean, what do you expect the guy to do? And I'm not going to talk about this for this much longer, but when you look, especially yesterday, when you look at someone like Jalen Hurts, going into this year, he is another quarterback that there were so many question marks around. I know Eagles fans who said, we don't think he's the guy. I didn't think he was the guy. Ton of people in the NFL, ESPN. I mean, a lot of people really felt like he might not be the guy. And he's got an excellent O-line and he's got insane receivers and an unmatched running game. Miles Sanders absolutely destroyed us yesterday with 144 yards on the ground. I mean, do I need to talk about Boston Scott, who every time he plays the Giants is one of the best running backs that anyone's ever seen? It's always against the Giants every single time. But... Anyway, the point that I'm making is look at what Jalen Hurts is now with the help around him. He's probably going to win MVP. And I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is going to win MVP if he has good receivers and a line, but I'm saying that he's going to be able to do a lot more in this offense. Kafka is going to be able to call different types of plays. We're going to score more than 20 points a game when we don't have fourth string wide receivers as our number one on the team. It just, it is what it is. And, you know, I just, again, will say it that I just feel for Jones that he just has had a really shitty couple years with the Giants. And I just hope he gets one more opportunity with us to turn it around with some help. Okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) Let's talk about the rushing leaders. Tyrod Taylor came in. I mean, you guys, I just am looking at these stats. It's ridiculous. Tyrod Taylor led our rushing attempts with two carries for 40 yards. Okay. Behind that was Saquon Barkley, who had nine carries for 28 yards. Now, Saquon was 100% on a snap count yesterday, which in my opinion was the right move. Obviously, you don't mess around with neck injuries, first of all. And second of all, that's a huge injury. And I think it was obvious the way that he was running and everything that he needed, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't need to play or he didn't need that many snaps or whatever it was. I was glad to see him out on the field. But, you know, Dable said today that he, Barkley, is very sore, which I'm sure. Of course he is. So, 
Anyway, um, you know, I just, it's, it's very obvious that when we don't have a good running game, that we're not going to win. So, I mean, yesterday, I think there were a lot of things, which is why we didn't win. One of them being our defense giving up 48 points. But aside from that, the offense, you know, you can't run the ball every play for four quarters. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter who your team is, who your running back is, what the line looks like. You have to be able to pass the ball. And we just cannot find a good pair of the both of them working in tandem. And a lot of that has to do with the wide receivers and the line. And just until that get fixed, I just think we're not going to see a balanced attack but we've got to get the run game going. I mean, Jones, four carries for 26 yards and one touchdown. Gary Brightwell, five carries for 23 yards. And Matt Breida, three carries for six yards. Overall, we ran for 123 yards. I mean, it's just, you're never going to win games like that. Never, ever. So it's just, there's a lot of improvements that need to be made. And, you know, people I've seen, stay off of Twitter. I've said it before, I'll say it again. But the some people are just like, this is Joe Judge all over again, and this team sucks, and blah, blah, blah. No shit, Sherlock. Have you looked at our roster in the last three months? What do you expect? No one expected the Giants to come in and beat the Eagles. I mean, that would have been the biggest miracle I've ever seen in my lifetime. And would we have liked to see them compete more? Absolutely. Were they capable of competing more? Yes. But at the end of the day, when you compare our roster to the Eagles, there is no comparison. We are a practice squad team. I mean, that's the reality of it. Have you looked at our secondary? Majority of the secondary are players that literally walked in off the street. And there are starters. So I know the injuries have been killer. I know I am so sick of talking about these injuries that they, you know, our team would be so much better if they weren't injured. I know. But at the end of the day, people get injured. It is what it is. I mean, guys, someone from the Eagles tore his ACL yesterday or the Cowboys. And he's not the only one. I mean, did you see what happened in Debo? Like it's, it's part of the game, unfortunately. And yes, the Giants are one of the number one teams in the league that have the most amount of injuries. And I don't know what the solution is. I, you know, I'm sure there's 50 different solutions that can be made, but I am so sick of hearing, oh, well, the Giants only suck because of the injuries. I mean, yeah, but also it's because of the talent. And, you know, we didn't lose our number one quarterback, our number one running back. I mean, yes, we lost our number one wide receiver who was a rookie. And all of our other wide receivers are not number one wide receivers on any other team would they ever be. And yes, part of that is injuries. And part of it is because we don't have the salary cap space and we could only do so much in the draft because we had a finite number of picks and there were 50 positions and players that needed to be drafted. And we have 11 picks right now last year, I'm pretty sure, or next year, it's either nine or 11. But this team is going to be built through the draft. We are in a rebuild. 
So we're going to get there eventually. But to walk out of yesterday's game and say that it's Joe Judge all over again and this is the worst team I've ever seen and blah, 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 is just asinine, honestly. It's just ridiculous. The bottom line is the coaching staff is the number one reason why we won seven games this year so far. Everyone going into the season predicted the Giants to win four or five, if they're lucky, six games. So I get it. And I understand that they came out and won seven games and everyone's saying this is a playoff team and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, and then stuff happens. But the bottom line is the players are not good enough to execute and not make mistakes. Do we need to talk about the penalties yesterday? You can't make mistakes like that when you have second round talent as your starters and expect to win games. Not against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the best team in the NFL. Pains me to say that, but it's the reality. So again, this is why I wait to do the podcast. And I wish that everyone would just just like wait a little bit before they went on their Twitter tirade rants. You know? There's a reason why Everyone who's on Twitter is not Joe Shane and Brandon Brown and Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. There's a very good reason for it. There's a lot of good reasons for it. So anyway, with that out of the way, let's talk about the receiving attack, which, you know, went for over 200 yards passing. So that's good. We're getting there. We're getting there every week. The passing game is, you know... Uh, a little more involved than it has been in the past, but it's just not there, obviously. Richie James, seven receptions out of nine targets for 61 yards with a garbage time touchdown. Uh, Darius Leighton, two receptions out of three targets for 42 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, four receptions out of six targets for 38 yards and a touchdown. Saquon, two targets, two receptions for 20 yards. Bellinger, three for three for 19 yards. Brightwell, two for three for 18 yards. Nick Vanett, I don't even remember seeing this. He had one reception out of two targets for nine yards. And uh, Matt Breida, two receptions out of four targets for nine yards. So we still don't have, Wandale was, I believe, our only receiver who's ever hit 100 yards receiving in a game. Um, And Richie James at 61 yards is just not even remotely close to that. So, um, and again, uh, I'll read the names for you again. Richie James, Darius Lee, and Isaiah Hodgins, Saquon, Daniel Bellinger, Gary Brightwell, Nick Vanett, and Matt Breida. These are our receivers. I I mean, like it's almost comical. You're I'm watching other games and I just it's just absurd when you look at someone like the 49ers who have McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and you know everyone. It, it just that's not us. And it will be. It will be at some point, but we're just not there yet. And you know, I I like Hodgins. I like what he's doing. I think he's a good receiver to have on this team. He's not a number one. He's, I mean, maybe a number two, A, whatever you want to say. But um, 
you know, for someone who got picked up off the waiver wire and came out of nothing, he's, you know, making some plays for us, which is all we can ask for. Now, Bellinger was having a great game. You notice immediately when Bellinger is on the field versus not on the field, what he does for this offense is unmatched compared to any other player on this team. I just love the guy, and I was so disappointed when he left the game with a rib injury. Dable said today there's no real updates on Bellinger yet. It's too soon for him to know from the medical staff. So as always, I'll keep you posted. But I really hope that Bellinger is back against the commanders. He is an integral piece to this offense, and we need him desperately. Um, One thing I want to talk about with Darius Lane is he made an incredible block yesterday. I'm pretty sure that it was him. And I was I was just like, wow, this is what I want to see from our receivers, right? Like if you're not going to be down the field catching the ball, then get in there and start blocking and do something when you're going to be on the field. Speaking of not doing something before I forget, yes, Kenny Galladay was on the field. Yes, he played a total of 11 snaps. No, he did not get any targets. I don't know, guys. I don't know at this point what the deal is. David Sills was inactive and instead Galladay's active. I just, maybe they think he can be used in the blocking again. Maybe he thinks he's going to get targeted. I I don't know. Um, But he was out there. He was out there. I believe they put him in in the middle of the third quarter. And I kind of just was like, oh, there he is. Hello. Uh, Maybe, maybe next week he'll do something good for us. Maybe. Uh, Let's talk about the defense. Oh, the defense. You know, I thought they were going to come out here and they were going to, I don't know, have a great day, have a better day than I expected them to. And well, you know, we all know how that went. They gave up 48 points to the Eagles, which, again, is probably not a huge surprise to anyone. Um, I thought maybe they could have kept them to under 40, somewhere between 33 and 40. But, you know, Boston Scott just had to had to get in there and get that touchdown. So what else is new? Let's talk about the highlights from the defense. We had four sacks. Um, one of them was by Ryder Anderson. Two of them were by our boy Aziz, and one of them was by Zion Gilbert. And as much as I don't want to say that out loud, that is the truth. I talked about this on stories, but I was really disappointed when Rodarius Williams was inactive. And, you know, this happened earlier in the week. After the game, him and Tay Crowder, you know, were on Twitter uh, tweeting, you know, that they were kind of just Rodarius, in my opinion, was a little, um, was more harmless to me than Tay. Tay Crowder's tweeting like free me, um, as if he's going to go get picked up by another team and be a starting linebacker there, please. Aside from that, um, Williams, you know, said something along the lines of like he had a tough pill to swallow. And I assume that that was based on the fact that they kind of told him he wasn't going to start. And Gilbert was going to start over him, which, listen, I don't blame him for being pissed. Um, He had a really good game against the Cowboys. So the fact that he didn't play against the Commanders was bizarre to me. Um, He did get in towards the end of the game, but the fact that he didn't start over Gilbert was bizarre. And Gilbert was, I mean, mediocre 
last week against the Commanders. So um, I don't know. I just thought that Williams was going to get a shot. So I was really disappointed that he didn't play. Um, And Tay Crowder did. So, you know, I don't know what's going on in that building and how the coaching staff makes their decisions. But that to me was odd. Um, Anyway, let's go back to the good stuff on the defense. Julian Love led the team in tackles, 10 total, 7 solo. Now, he said after the game, Dable said after the game, obviously we all saw it with our own two eyes, that he should have picked off that 4th and 7 play. And you know what? Yes, he should have had it. But honestly, we deserve that. Because the Eagles saw what the commanders did on 4th and 4, And Sirianni laughed in our face and said, I'm going to do it on fourth and seven. Watch me. And he did it. And, you know, Darnay Holmes could have been better in the coverage and Love could have tackled him. Mistakes were made, obviously. But I think that Love is doing the best that he can. He is like the focal point of this defense and he plays every single snap. So um, I'm not going to get on him too much for that because overall he's done so much more than messing up one play. And again, that one play was not the reason why we lost by 26 points. So there was that. Um, Jason Pinnock and Jalen Smith both had nine total tackles. Micah McFadden had a pretty good game. He had five total tackles, one for loss. So Zion Gilbert, And Tony Jefferson also both had five total tackles. Um, Tony Jefferson was in there. We didn't see much of him last week. Fabian Moreau, you know, I can't wait till Adoree Jackson comes back. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like, again, again, guys, let me talk about our defense right now. Jason Pinnock, Zion Gilbert, Tony Jefferson, Fabian Moreau, Nick McLeod, Henry Mondo, That's our defense. No one has ever raved about a single one of those players. They are not top-tier talent, but on the Giants, they are the starters. And and this is just what we're working with. And we're just no match against the Eagles. We're just not. Not against their offense. It is 100 times better than our defense, clearly. Um, But Aziz had a really good game. I think we are finally seeing what it's like to have Aziz back. I would have loved to have Leo Williams in the game. Very obviously a huge bummer that he didn't get to play. I'm so excited that it finally feels like we're hopefully on Sunday, we're going to have our D line back and we're going to have Aziz, Kayvon, Leo and Dexter. Dexter can do no wrong in my eyes. I love that guy. Um, He didn't show up much on the stat sheet, but he's still having an incredible season. And You know, I think he needs a little bit of the help from Leo. Our run defense is just garbage. It just is what it is. We can't stop anyone. So, um, you know, having Aziz back is helpful. And I hope that when we get Leo back, we can see some sort of improvement on the D-line and in the run game. We have not had an entire game yet with those four guys playing together, which is insane. Of course, back to the injuries. But... Again, it is what it is. It's part of the game, you know. So um, 
I don't I don't really have much else to say about the defense. Um they were just, you know, 69 total tackles. Four sacks, which is great, five tackles for loss, but you know, doesn't really mean anything when you lose by 26 points. So um Lex, uh Dexter had four pressures, Tibbs had four, Aziz had three pressures and had two sacks. So pretty good day for those guys. Um, again, they're no match for the Eagles offensive line. Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey. So, you know, I don't know what else to say about them. That's it. As always, let's round it out with special teams. Let's start with Gary Brightwell, who was our kick returner yesterday. He had three returns, a total of 58 yards, and the longest was 20. Um, I I don't really have anything to say about our kick returns. I don't expect much from anyone on our team. Um, you know, just don't drop the ball. That's all I ask of you. Just don't drop it. You know, just hang on. That's all I want to see from you. Um, zero field goal attempts from Graham Gano. He had two extra points where he went for two for two, but I think that explains our offensive day that we couldn't even get far enough down the field to have Graham Gano, Mr. Automatic, even attempt a field goal. So there's that. Let's talk about Jamie Gillen, who had six punts. The longest was 52 yards. Um, the total amount of yards was 241 for those six punts. Three of them were inside the 20, which was great. What was not great was when he dropped the ball before he punted it. And this is something that I have not witnessed in I don't know how long. Um, it seems like everyone was a little confused on what was actually happening and what the ruling was going to be. It's not the, something you see that happen quite often. Um, again, only the Giants. Only the Giants does this happen to. But it ended up being a fumble, and the Eagles took over. And... That's, that's all you need to know about that. The Eagles took over in our territory, and I'll give you one guess on what happened. So anyway, um, the last thing I want to talk about is because I forgot to talk about this before, and then we will talk about um, injuries briefly, because luckily we did not have that many. Um, these are some PFF stats from the O-line. So Neal allowed eight pressures and one sack. Gates, five pressures, one sack. And Thomas, three pressures and one sack. So not a great day for the line. Um, again, they, it just, they just need some help. Um, and... They need help from the guards. Mark Lewinsky is not um, not a great guard, and we have him signed. He's got a pretty big contract and salary cap that's going to hit the next two years. So, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what happens. I do think they're going to draft guards, which is great news. So, um, 
Anyway, let's talk about injuries real quick. So as we talked about, Daniel Bellinger um, did not return from his rib injury. There is no update on that today. Micah McFadden had some sort of ankle and neck injury. He never returned back to the game, so no update on him either. And then last up is Richie James is in concussion protocol. So when he got hit in the end zone after he caught the touchdown, that is why the Giants went for two because they got the flag on the head-to-head. And went for two points. And also, oh my God, do we need to talk about the fact that with what was there, two minutes left? Maybe not even. They went for an onside kick. I mean, I get you don't want to show that you're rolling over and I I don't know. You want to show that you're competitive, but like you're down by 26 points. An onside kick is not going to do anything. I don't know. I was very surprised by that because to me, that's an that's an aggressive call and you're not really that aggressive all game. They threw the ball down the field maybe twice. Darius's longest reception was 33 yards. That was it. I don't think there were any throws over 40 yards. And then you go and do something like that. I just, why? I don't know. What I will say is that I think, in my opinion, the play calling was better yesterday. I know everyone keeps talking about how we need to be more creative and this, that, and the other thing. But I think you guys are understanding what the coaches have understood for a long time is that they can't do what they want with this team offensively. They just can't. I mean, again, look at our wide receivers. They have a lot of drops, and we need them to catch the ball first before they can do anything. And when they're just not reliable and they're just not super talented, this this is what we get dealt with. So I think that they're doing the best that they can with what they have. I liked some of the play calls yesterday. I liked seeing Jones run it a little bit more. I liked getting Brightwell and Brita involved more in the run game. I hope that we see more of that. And it's nothing against Saquon. I just think that it's helpful to switch it up and get other guys involved. It's great to be more creative and do things with do different play calls with two backs back there versus one. And maybe we'll even see a three back formation again. Who knows? But I just, to me, I felt like yesterday we made a step forward from the commander's game in the play calling I don't really want to say creativity, but um, it was better than the week before, which is what I like. So what I would like to see against the commanders is more of that, especially having Bellinger back, which, my God, I hope he's should be good to go for Sunday. They didn't specify what kind of rib injury, but I think having him back is going to be huge to our offense. And I, that's, I think, the only guy that, and maybe Ben Bredesen are going to be the two guys that come back. Now, I also think we have a shot at a Dory coming back. Typically, what we've seen with MCL sprains is the players are out anywhere from three to six weeks, and a Dory has already been out. I think it's already been three full weeks. So let's all keep our fingers crossed that a Dory comes back on Sunday because that would be a huge addition to this defense. And then if we get Bredesen back and we get... Um, what's his name? Bellinger. And Richie James is out of concussion protocol. You know, maybe we'll see a little more creativity on Sunday. Don't get your hopes up, but 
Anyway, on to the Commanders. This is a well more important game than the Eagles game was. We all knew what the Eagles game was going to be. The Commanders game, they have to win in order to make the playoffs. And also, I think just they need a morale booster. In the last six games, the team is 1-4-1. and one. They need, they have to win. They have to. They've already played the Commanders. They know what they're going up against. Yes, Chase Young is going to be back, but still, they know what they're going against. They have all week to prepare. There's only a week in between. Obviously, the Commanders have more time to prepare, but there's no reason why we can't win this game. There's no reason. The only reason why they won't win is because of lack of execution, which is exactly what happened and why they ended up in a tie. But I have faith that they're going to turn it around. We've seen them win more challenging games this year. You know, so why can't it be this Sunday? It's Sunday night football. They got an opportunity to show the world that they are not as bad as they were against the Eagles. And that's all I would like to see. Not asking for much from this team. I don't expect them to be a, a... long-term playoff team they're realistically not making it through the first round but I think that for them as players and a team that just getting to the playoffs will be enough to I don't help boost everything right it's going to make the players feel better the coaches feel better it's not going to mask any of the current issues that we have obviously Shane Dable and Brandon Brown know what this team is and know what they need to do to fix it So anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now, but um, thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, share it with a friend. Again, you can find it on Apple and Spotify. It's called the Everything New York Giants podcast. My name is Adriana. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl. I will be updating you guys all week like I always do with injuries, new signings, um, any type of roster moves, whatever type of news the Giants is putting out, I will update you guys on. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your week.